In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He knows their name, and they know his voice. I'm glad to be here this morning. I hope you are glad to be here, too. If you're not glad to be here, just raise your hand so I know who you are. <laughs> there, I'm imagining that some of you, a lot of you, most of you are normally here. This is your church home, a wonderful home that it is. Some of you are here um, visiting because a nephew or a godchild or a cousin or somebody is being confirmed this morning. Let me assure you that from where I stand, I can't tell the Episcopalians from the Methodists, from the Baptists, or the Catholics, or anybody else. You all belong here. You all belong here right now. Let me ask those who are being confirmed to stand up for just a minute. Just stand up. Wow, that's a bunch. Keep standing up for just a second. I just want to know who I'm talking to. All the rest of you can listen too, but these are the people that I'm really talking to. Okay, thank you very much. Sit down. Oh, I should have gotten you to do this or something. <laughs> if you're going to do what I tell you to do. <laughs> when I was a little older than you, it was time to go into the eighth grade. I'd done okay in the seventh grade mostly because math was still within my realm of imagination. I can add and subtract and multiply and if you give, a, give me a minute I can divide. That takes you through about the seventh grade back then. But in the eighth grade we were going to introduce algebra. I knew that because my older brother and my older sister had gone to the same school and had done algebra before. My brother's name is Crofton. He's four years older. He made an A in algebra because he was Crofton and he made an A in everything. <laughs> and he was good at basketball and baseball. And he dated the cheerleaders. Not, not that I ever had any issue with any of that. <laughs> My older sister had also gone through algebra. In fact, both of them had the same teacher, Mrs. Williams. The teacher, when my brother had her, was about 120 years old and had not getting, gotten any older or younger. But both of them said, just hope you don't get Mrs. Williams. She's mean. She wasn't really mean, but she was very strict and she had been around for a long, long time and she knew all the tricks. 
When the time came for class assignments to be made, I did in fact get Mrs. Williams. She was in fact very strict. She, one eye was kind of droopy, but the other eye would just look right through you. <laughs> and she would get you up at the board to try to solve some problem and the whole class was looking at you grateful that it wasn't them standing there. And she would ask hard questions that I never knew the answers to. Every once in a while, I looked up and got the right answer. And she would say, oh, you're, um, you're Crofton's brother. I'd say, yes, ma'am. But much more often than that, I was pretty lost and not always paying as close of attention as you always do when you're in school. And when I messed something up, I guess I reminded her of my sister who had not done so well. She's very popular, but not a scholar. Just barely squeaked through eighth grade algebra. And so when I got the wrong answer, she'd say, you're, um, you're Becky's brother, aren't you? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And so it went through the first part of the year. If I was doing well, I was Crofton's brother. If I was not doing well, I was Becky's brother. Around February, we were introducing the concept of geometry. I had not even gotten through the concept of introducing algebra yet, but we were moving on. Over the weekend, she gave us an assignment to use geographical angles, use our compass, use our protractor to draw a heart for Valentine's Day. We could color it if we wanted to, but we had to show the angles and how everything all fit together. Now we are in my comfort zone. I can draw. I can color as good as any eighth grader anywhere. <laughs> and it occurred to me that this was sort of for extra credit because there were several boneheads in the back of the class with me who needed some points. And I was aware that I really did need some extra credit, and so I went to our encyclopedia. used to be, rather than looking things up on the internet, you had this set of books that you would go look things up on, and it showed me a picture of the human heart. Not the romantic Valentine's Day heart, but ventricles and veins and chambers and stuff. And now that we had wandered into something that I thought I could do well in, I spent a lot of time drawing a human heart with straight edge, compass, protractor, labeling each angle and coloring it not a cheerful Valentine's Day red, but the colors that it was in the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's pretty gross, really. <laughs> but I was proud of it. We all turned in our drawings, and in a couple of days, she gave them back to us, and she appreciated the kind notes that some of my classmates had made up and, and written on her piece of paper like they really liked her a lot. <laughs> and then at the very end, she held up mine and said, but this, this is a heart. Extra credit for, um, uh, 
Crofton's brother. <laughs> and my friends gave me a hard time about that. Teacher's pet, teacher's pet. I had never been accused of being a teacher's pet before. And I assured her that I didn't like Mrs. Williams just like they didn't like Mrs. Williams. And they accused me of going to extra effort to impress the teacher, which of course I had. And I denied it vehemently. We came back from, we came back the next day and my seat was sort of next to the bulletin board and there was a tack that had caught my imagination. It was not the kind of tack that you use in a bulletin board, but one that you would use to attach upholstery to a chair. It was really sort of a nail with a big head. I'm not sure why it was ever there, but there it was, and I'd been looking at it for weeks and months. And an evil thought came into my mind that I could put that tack into Mrs. Williams' chair to prove to my friends that I was not a teacher's pet. And so I did it. She came in a few minutes later, and it occurred to me that that would really, really hurt if she sat on it. And my more noble instinct said, you need to get up and tell Ms. Williams, don't sit in that chair. But then I would be teacher's pet, teacher's pet. So I watched with horror and anticipation as she moved to her chair, looked down in it, seasoned veteran that she was, picked the tack up, put it on her desk, sat down and told us to turn the page wherever we were that day. I tried to do this whew, without being obvious. It's hard to do that. <laughs> the whole class went by. She didn't say anything about it. And the longer the class went, the more I thought I've really, I tried to do something really bad. This woman had done nothing but been nice to me and praised me for that goofy heart drawing that I made. And as a reward for her kindness, I tried to hurt her. So after the class, after the bell rang, everybody left. And I lingered, not knowing really what I ought to do. And she looked at me with that one eye piercing through me, the other drooping. And she said, do you want something? I said, Ms. Williams, I, I put that tack in your chair, and I'm so sorry. And she looked at me and said, you're, um, you're key. Yes, ma'am. And then she sent me to detention and gave me lines to write, and I had to stay after school for a few days. and both out her um, chalkboard erasers. What an incredible thing to be who you are and to be known.
And here's what I want to say to those of you who are being confirmed and to those of you who are still listening. Jesus knows who you are and calls you by name all through your long lives to love and serve. You who are being confirmed and you who are not are children of God, brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus, and beloved. Oh, and we're all sinful and we're all goofy and we're all selfish and we're all cowardly and lazy. That's just part of who it is, how it is to be a person. But the good news, the great good news we celebrate in Easter is that we are forgiven and redeemed and cherished. And Jesus, who knows us each by our name, calls us to follow. And our task as Christians is to listen for his voice and follow where he leads. Today, those of you who are being confirmed, recommit yourself to this faith. And those of you who have um, taught them and brought them to confirmation class and raised them all this way, present them proudly, and the church receives them proudly to be not the church of the next generation, but the church of right now. The message we pass along from one generation to the next is about the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord and the assurance that we have is that our Lord Jesus knows us, each of us individually, calls us by name and leads us through life and through death and to life everlasting. Thanks be to God. Amen.